they charge me for everything. $25 for a hamburger. <gasps> if they could charge that much for a lousy burger, imagine how much I could charge for a lousy Krabby Patty. And thus, the Krusty Towers was born. Why would anyone stay at a hotel in Bikini Bottom? It's in the middle of scenic nowhere. There's nothing to do but get stung by jellyfish. Ew. Come inside. Cue the intro! podcast you'll find along your travels of the tubes of the internet i'm ready uh sponge pod squarecast it's a pleasure to have you here on our final episode of 2022 what a year we've had let's sit down and appreciate it mateys i'm your host captain eric and i'm not someone who really likes to you know bring up their own positive things they've done but it's healthy it's what we should do we should be happy to show off what we've accomplished and talk about it. We shouldn't keep that stuff inside. And this is me right now, in this moment, getting ready to just talk positively about some of my experiences. 2022, a big year, not only for Captain Eric, but for this show itself. I think season four, in my humble opinion, has been, for me, the best of the show's run. Not only for me on a creative end, for me on a technical end, and I hope my overall enjoyment is is always captured as as well as it can in in whatever form I'm I'm you know creating it in audio video if I'm painting uh, emotion should always you know be shown by the artist you should be able to feel that in some way and season four has been great I've had a successful move into a new home with a whole new office, a whole new experience. It's been wonderful. And even though this should have happened a long time ago, I'm happy to finally be able to say that when I'm ready, a SpongePod SquareCast is unleashed onto the world. It is simultaneously launched on YouTube as well as all the other podcasting platforms. Since the show's inception, there was never a one-to-one release for these shows on on the video platforms and the podcast platforms. I didn't start uploading onto YouTube until well into the show's run, so releasing episodes started, you know, I wasn't getting enough batches done in time when I was just having to create video after video. And, you know, as you can see, it's just static pictures for the most part, but then more effort would go into creating them, and then that would just cause... A, a snowball effect of having to catch up. But finally, I am in a process where everything is streamlined. Everything is moving forward in a fantastic way to the point that now some of the other projects that I've talked about doing for Captain Eric are finally coming to fruition with, you know, all of the plates that I'm spinning outside of anything I do creatively being able to, you know, stabilize a little bit so that I can focus just an extra percentage of my time on, you know, some things I genuinely enjoy making. I enjoy making this podcast, and for some of the things I love to do with this podcast, with the YouTube channel, and even in the realm of SpongeBob, if you're an animator, a writer, a former storyboard director, uh, artist, if you had any hand in working on SpongeBob SquarePants, I hope to talk to you one day. I hope to shed a light on what you do, what you love, and I hope I'm able to then spread that same energy over to talking to other animators and others who work in the industry. I think the world of animation is breathtaking, and the different kinds of worlds and experiences and characters you can bring to life are endless. The possibilities are endless. Even when you have a show that deals with the multiverse, it still feels like we haven't reached the, the wall of potential creativity out there in the world. There's still potential for more stories, more unheard of characters, and this is just the tip of the iceberg as far as I'm concerned. 
for what I hope to do with this channel, with this podcast, and if you're here along with me for the ride, you have my appreciation. I hope you enjoy it. You have a thumbs up from the captain. Sit back and enjoy yourself. And let's get on to the SpongeBob SquarePants. This episode is an anomaly for me because there are parts of it and the idea of it in general that I adore. But there's something at the core of this episode that I have a bit of an issue with. Not that it's a deterrent from this episode. I love our our main focused episode today, but I think if you just stick with me for a second, you'll understand where I'm coming from. I am talking about, of course, Krusty Towers, the first episode of the 69th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered in America on April Fool's Day, 2006. That's April 1st, but it actually premiered a month earlier on March 13th in Australia, still in the year 2006 there, uh, but we have Krusty Towers. Our storyboard directors for this episode are Luke Brookshire and Tom King, who wrote it alongside Stephen Banks. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. Our technical director is Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. All right, all right, all right. I can always, always appreciate a good creative title card. And I love the brick background that we've had a few times for a few SpongeBob episodes. But to then have the wallpaper aesthetic, not that the Krusty Towers themselves are are dingy but come on now we know mr krabs is cheap so right off the bat boom a perfect title card to start out this episode and even more perfect i gotta say it just feels like during season four and it could just be me but it feels like we've gotten more of these right at the break of dawn at morning as the characters are waking up or or as they're heading off to work establishing shots than we have gotten in previous seasons. It just feels like there's been more of them, and I, I like this. I like how we're, we're seeing these different interactions with the characters on, on their usual daily routines. And as we start off this episode, SpongeBob and Squidward are heading off to work, which we actually find out in this episode definitively that the Krusty Krab is 400 yards from their homes. So that's how close they are to the restaurant Uh, But they're heading off to work, and they are not pre-warned ahead of time that Mr. Krabs has decided to change up the entire concept of his business from a restaurant to, you guessed it, if you weren't paying attention at the uh, title of the episode, a hotel known as Krusty Towers, which has got to be a play on the absolutely classic British comedy show Faulty Towers, which debuted all the way back in 1975, ran for two seasons, which over in the UK are known as series, and has 12 episodes. And even with a short run, the John Cleese starring show has lived on in in comedy circles for decades. If you are a fan of comedy and you get into British comedies, Faulty Towers is going to be one of those shows you just run into. And John Cleese, of course, coming from the comedy troupe Monty Python, which from Tom Kenny himself is a massive inspiration for what happens behind the scenes at SpongeBob SquarePants. And for those that don't know, Monty Python and the comedy that they brought to the world has helped inspire countless comedians, countless comedy writers. So many animated shows have had staff and creators mention Monty Python in interviews as a source of inspiration. And honestly, they're such geniuses at comedy that if you take any sentence from any Monty Python sketch or movie and you just take that out of context, it's funny no matter what. You don't even have to know what's going on. I fart in your gender direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. Now getting back to the Krusty Towers, It's another part of this episode I really enjoy, and it's the design of this hotel. You know, if if Mr. Krabs is going to get into the hotel business, I I love the idea of just taking the Krusty Krab itself and stacking it on top of a 12-story building. And I think Mr. Krabs is trying to go Mr. McMahon on the numbers here, trying to fudge them 
for his own sake, but we can clearly see this is a 12-story building, yet he's claiming there are 17 floors on the inside. Maybe there's five floors underneath the ground? Maybe that's what we're not seeing, and Mr. Krabs is being honest the entire time, but let's be real here. Mr. Krabs is, is not an honest businessman. He certainly would have no problem fudging the numbers for his own right, but this is not the first time that Mr. Krabs has tried a completely new business opportunity within the Krusty Krab to make more money. You know, we've also seen plenty of occasions where even the success of the Krabby Patty alone is not enough to garner Mr. Krabs any business. We've had a few episodes with establishing shots of the restaurant just in cobwebs where no one wants a Krabby Patty for some reason. They're just sick of it or they're looking for something new. But since season one, Mr. Krabs has tried a lot of new ideas to bring in new customers. For example, he's tried out the world of pizza, free salad bars, live entertainment, Halloween parties, live karate food expositions, giving his daughter the reins of the restaurant for hip new customers, the countless ways you can order a Krabby Patty, even at special request, which honestly seems to have followed Mr. Krabs into the hotel business. He has buried himself alive in front of the restaurant to garner a crowd. He's tried stand-up comedy shows, staying open 24 hours a day, adding jellyfish jelly as a condiment, making a commercial, children's attractions and entertainment, and yet he still finds himself yearning to expand even more so. We can't just coast off of that success of the Krabby Patty. And honestly, with that list of gimmicks that the Krusty Krab has exhausted over the years, it sounds like it's the intro to an episode of Bar Rescue or Hotel Hell of an establishment that has just exhausted everything. They've literally thrown everything at the wall to see what sticks and nothing has and they need help and that's where the crew comes in. And sometimes it genuinely feels like that at the Krusty Krab. There have been episodes where Mr. Krabs couldn't buy himself a customer for some reason. Apparently the Krabby Patty at times goes out of its out of its fad. The the fish of the sea are interested in something else or even just live entertainment. They they need something with pizzazz. But when it comes to the hotel business, this isn't necessarily a necessity that we're shown Mr. Krabs had to make. This is something that he consciously decided to do after an experience he had at another hotel, which he goes into detail when SpongeBob and Squidward show up into this hotel and are like, where's the restaurant? What is going on? And the business that they work at has been entirely changed. And I don't even know if that's legal, which I know is not that much of a stretch when we're talking about Mr. Krabs and, and his business practices. He certainly has broken a few laws in the past, but I don't think you can own a restaurant, have employees for that restaurant, and then just the next day they show up to work. Surprise! It's a hotel now. You're now bellhops and working at a hotel. I think if you obviously have a kitchen still in the hotel, then, then that might justify, you know, still employing those employees to be in the kitchen. If you're going from a restaurant for... The, the kitchen staff, and you're going, okay, I'm just changing up where the kitchen is. That's one thing. But to go from, hey, you're, you're working at this one job, it's like if you were working at McDonald's and the next day you show up and they're like, ha, it's now a dry cleaner's, get to work. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's legal. I think if you change the business, you have to, you know, get new paperwork. It has to be an entirely new signed thing, but there is no paperwork or anything that happens under the sea. There seems to be no governing body over Mr. Krabs, so I guess he's just able to do whatever he wants. SpongeBob is A-game for everything. He's the perfect employee. He's good to go. No complaints from that little guy, and it's unfortunate with what ends up being the backbone of the Krusty Towers. Squidward, on the other hand, rightfully completely skeptical over this, this overnight change. So Mr. Krabs goes into detail over his experience at a fellow hotel, which is hey, now competition, but he was attending a fast food convention. I'm guessing it was happening at the same hotel. Usually 
hotels are, are great places to host conventions at. Nerd alert! Hey, all right, come on. I didn't say anything about comics. You can have plenty of other conventions for plenty of other means, like a fast food convention, and a hotel is a perfectly fine spot to host one at. They usually have the space for those kind of events, and then you have the rooms for all of the guests. It's perfect. Why not? And from the moment Mr. Krabs walks through that hotel, he is treated like a king. To the bellhop bringing his bags up to his room, and, hey, giving him a high five as well. Could you believe that from Mr. Krabs? Not only did this guy bring up your bags, he was just giving you a high five. One of the funniest shots of this episode is, of course, the bellhop putting out his hand for a tip, which is the practice, you know? Somebody's going to bring up your stuff. Just give him a few bucks. It's all right. It's only a couple dollars. If you're if you're that strapped for cash, I don't know what you're doing traveling, you know? Unless it's for an emergency. But then what are you doing at an establishment where there's a bellhop involved? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If there's a bellhop involved, give the guy a couple bucks. Mr. Krabs, though, he sees an open hand and he just goes for a high five. And that's it. Which is so funny for Mr. Krabs because he doesn't have... The hand for a high five, he has just the claw, but I don't know if he knows that's what the guy is expecting. Either way, it just was one of my favorite moments of this episode. I had to pause the the episode from continuing because I was laughing a little bit too hard at that moment. So kudos to whoever put in that little joke. I don't think they took over the hotel experience enough of, of what Mr. Krabs could really rake in when it comes to the money, but he should have immediately in that room been exposed to what happens when you have a refrigerator in that room that happens to already have drinks inside of it and next to it, a cupboard with snacks. Ah, look at all this stuff they gave me. Nope. Don't touch it. Don't you dare touch any of that stuff. It's a trap. It's a trap. If you're not going to listen to the Admiral, listen to the captain. It's a trap. Don't touch any of that trash. And I'm surprised that, I, I don't know if that practice was happening in the early 2000s. It had to have at fancy hotels. It had to have. And what I'm talking about, for those that don't know, the uninitiated, is in certain hotels, really fancy ones, if you have a refrigerator that has water or sodas or alcoholic beverages inside of it, there are usually sensors involved with those items. And if you remove those items from the fridge or you remove the snacks from whatever thing they're inside of, you're going to get charged for those items. And I don't mean to go pseudo dad mode here, but the charges for those items are ridiculous. It's what Mr. Krabs ends up experiencing at the tail end of his, his hotel experience. From the bellhop bringing his bags up to his room... He ends up uh, suntanning over at the pool and, and getting another bellhopper, I think the same one who brought up his bags, to put on either suntan lotion or sunblock on his crusty-looking back. And this poor employee just has to roll with it. And as Mr. Krabs ends his day admiring a plaque atop their fireplace, it adorns a message written in gold that would become the central backbone of of the crusty towers and it's the golden rule of the establishment we shall never deny a guest even the most ridiculous request and it's incredibly on point for mr krabs to fall in love with being in an establishment and for them to have that motto but for him to adopt that motto feels a little suspect here to some extent Mr. Krabs wanting to, to open a hotel, knowing the kind of money you can make out there in certain hotel chains and, of course, the charges that come alongside many little items that come along your experience. And I'm not even just talking about the stuff in the fridge, but it's understandable why Mr. Krabs would want to get into the hotel business. But to get behind that motto for himself as a business owner doesn't really feel like Mr. Krabs, you know? Think about this. What if a guest asked to use some of his money as a napkin? 
to wipe their face after eating a Krabby Patty. And Mr. Krabs would go, well, that's a ridiculous request. And then they would point to the sign. And that just doesn't feel like Mr. Krabs. This is a guy that overcharged the Krabby Patty by $100 when he knew royalty was driving up to the Krusty Krab. This isn't a guy who is going to bend over backwards in ways that are not going to come back to him tenfold. You know? Now, at the end of his experience at the hotel, he finds the bill in his hands, which is an extraordinary bill for a hotel. $220, I guess, isn't completely out there, depending on the kind of hotel you stay at. But $80 for pool access is ridiculous. But I'm sure there's a hotel chain out there that even charges a measly dollar extra just to give you access to the pool. This is a little extra for us to take that, that, you know, they'll say goes to the maintaining of the pool, but I'm sure that surcharge exists somewhere out there in some hotel chain. So that, that can't be unheard of, but maybe $80 is, is a bit much $20 for sauna access, which certainly is a lot unless it was also attached to a decent gym that you had to pay a little extra for. You know, if that was the case, I'd have to see it before I could assess 20 bucks worth of my time, but but that's that's certainly egregious. $25 though for a hamburger he ordered, which is really at the end of it the the light bulb that kicks off in his head of like, "Wait a minute. I I sell burgers, so if these guys can sell a burger for $25, well, what's stopping me from doing that?" He ends up up chucking the burger beautifully, by the way. Mr. Krabs is the absolute best and worst at saving money, and he can do things that are just unheard of when it comes to being able to take back experiences from himself and others at the expense of money. He can take a movie from your viewing pleasure. If he's paid for that movie, for you to watch that movie, he can take it away from you as well. Just remember that. At the click of a button, he can take away that experience. And if he doesn't like the food that you made, he can completely upchuck it in a presentable manner, unchewed. He's an absolute savage. Mr. Krabs leaves this hotel with a renewed energy to bring a whole new experience to Bikini Bottom, which we're told by Squidward is in the middle of nowhere, but is still able to catch a crowd for the Krabby Patty, so... They are somewhat populated, but I guess not populated enough in Bikini Bottom to necessitate an entire hotel. And Mr. Krabs quickly finds out just how bare bones this entire experience is going to get for him. And the best customer that the Krusty Krab has, to its name, walks directly through the doors. Technically the first customer at Krusty Towers, the one, the only, Patrick Starr. Here I am who absolutely stole the show at this past week's Denver Broncos matchup against the L.A. Rams as a guest commentator for the NFL, and Patrick just absolutely knocked it out of the park with his calls. And so what's up? Oh, there's Russ Wilson. Oh, oh, no! Oh, oh, that's called an, an interception. That's close. That's close. He burnt whatever he was cooking. <laughs> and for those that don't know, Patrick Starr's voice actor, Bill Fagerbaki, not only has college football experience under his belt, but was also one of the lead stars on the hit TV show Coach, a show all about college football, which had 200 episodes from its start in 1989, ending in 1997. So, this is a man with a lot of football experience behind him and a lot of entertainment experience behind him. And when you put the two worlds together, it's like a match made in heaven. It's peanut butter and chocolate, and I love it. I hope more Nicktoons get the chance to guest commentate on these football games. And I hope there are some voice actors out there on top of their football game as much as Bill is so that they can have some iconic moments on top of what Patrick has already laid out in front of us. But... Patrick is the Krusty Krab's best employee. He's there all the time spending his seemingly endless piles of money on 
endless piles of Krabby Patties, enough for him to continually have some available for his 3 a.m. snack, and he walks into the Krusty Towers, where we find out that Mr. Krabs has essentially built a subscription service to the Krabby Patty. It's no longer an establishment that you can walk in and purchase food at. Even if the food happens to be overpriced, it seems like that practice is not something that Mr. Krabs wants to have going on here, which is just crazy, you know? You can now charge an overpriced amount for the Krabby Patty because you're more than a restaurant. You are now a fancy, maybe five-star hotel that houses the Krabby Patty, and it's now a fancier establishment for the Krabby Patty. You're going to pay premium for that sandwich, but no. He wants to make sure that anybody who really wants that sandwich is also going to stay in his hotel, which you may think, well, Captain, that's how he's going to force more money out of people. But we've already seen the Krusty Krab empty and abandoned from customers a couple occasions at this point in time. The Krabby Patty is not as secure as we would later be led on to believe on how important this sandwiches to the ecosystem of Bikini Bottom. But let's be fair, you're using that information of later episodes, and at this point in SpongeBob SquarePants, the Krabby Patty is just simply another food item that at just some points of the year or just specific times of the day, nobody wants to have anything to do with this establishment. And I think the longest stretch of time that they didn't have any sort of business whatsoever in that one episode was... 30-something days, so an entire month goes by of no customers coming to your store and even starving customers coming in not wanting a Krabby Patty. So up to this point, it just seems pretty silly for Mr. Krabs to lock it so far behind where if he just takes one step out of it and, and you know, hey, still have the hotel functioning if people want to stay there, but if people want to come in and just order a Krabby Patty, just charge them extra. So now you're still running technically the Krusty Krab, but you're charging more because you are now technically a hotel. That's the smart business move, Mr. Krabs. You blew it! At almost every corner of the Krusty Towers, it seems to just be an anti-Mr. Krabs business, but he has the endurance of wanting to run a hotel. He has this desire of running a fancy hotel. I don't know where it comes from. I know he had a really good time at the hotel earlier in the episode, but other than the idea of overcharging people for items in this hotel, the necessity of going above and beyond for the guest really doesn't come across as as good motivation for Mr. Krabs or where it comes from, you know? It's not like having Squidward drag the rocks inside of Patrick's suitcases, which apparently, even though Patrick was not expecting a hotel, seems to always be prepared for a stay in a moment's notice and already has luggage prepared for that stay, which, of course, Squidward now has to drag, not just to the elevators with Patrick. No, no, no. That is the guest elevator. That is only for guests of the hotel. Squidward has to use the employee elevator, which... Another one of the, the funniest parts of this episode is when the elevator doors open for the employee entrance and it's just stairs. There's elevator doors that open to stairs and Squidward having to drag these rock-filled suitcases. I mean, spoiler, we end up finding it's a classic gag of, what do you have in this, rocks? And of course, yes, Patrick brings rocks wherever he goes. But uh, all of this extra effort, unless we see the bill that Mr. Krabs was intending to give Patrick is is so meaningless to me. All this extra pomp and circumstance of having a hotel, having your employee drag these, these suitcases up these stairs, why go through all of this? You're not raking in any extra money, and even if he's charging the same amount at, at that hotel, $220, for Patrick's one night so far, I don't think that's going to equal... The amount of people who are going to walk into that hotel go, wait a minute, I can't just buy a Krabby Patty? All right, let's go down to the other restaurant down the street that has whatever talking animal or whatever 
establishment has whatever attraction going on on the other side of Bikini Bottom. And we don't even know if these prices that Mr. Krabs is going to try to charge these people is even going to be enough to get them to flock over to the Chum Bucket. That's an interesting idea. That's that's a nice bridge to cross over one of these days where people get so fed up with the Krusty Krab, they end up just walking into the Chum Bucket. Why not? Let's try that place across the street for once. But it just doesn't seem like a decent option to go through all of this extra effort. So Squidward drags these rocks up to Patrick's room, and we're given a gauntlet of Squidward having to abide by Patrick's ridiculous requests for things to be delivered to his room, the way his food is prepared, how he treats Squidward compared to SpongeBob, which is not is not good at all. Actually, I got to mention that on top of Squidward having to do all of these extra tasks, Patrick is almost openly, obnoxiously a jerk to Squidward in this episode while showing favor to SpongeBob. This may have been the episode actually that spawned the idea of what is now known as Squidward torture episodes in which there is just a gauntlet of negativity thrown in front of Squidward and the negativity is supposed to be the comedy. That That is what the joke is. There is a twist coming up in this episode that negates this being the true birth of Squidward torture. I would honestly reserve that to a future episode. But the the seeds are certainly planted here of Squidward just being treated poorly because he's Squidward. Case in point, he brings Patrick's bags into his room, puts out his hand, as we had seen with the previous bellhop trying with Mr. Krabs, and this time, he actually receives a tip. But Patrick gives Squidward a rock as a tip, which on one hand is okay. Hey, Patrick is supposed to be dumb. That's what he thinks is currency. Ha ha ha. But then SpongeBob brings Patrick his Krabby Patties and receives a monetary tip. He receives money. So Patrick understands the concept of money, understands the concept of a tip, and just decided to be mean to Squidward in that moment. It had to have been a conscious decision for him to go, you get a rock and you get... And money is actually what Mr. Krabs is raking in in this episode. I may have been a bit too hasty on Mr. Krabs earlier on because now looking at the math of what Patrick is going to be charged even for his Krabby Patty orders let's look at this going by what that previous hotel charged at $25 a burger if if the Krusty Krab is now charging $25 a patty Patrick has already ordered 51 burgers 51 Krabby Patties equaling a total of $1,275 which if we go by roughly the $3 price tag the Krabby Patty has, Mr. Krabs would need to sell 425 of those in a day to make the same money he just made off of Patrick. So if the entire hotel is resting on Patrick's entire purchase alone of, of staying there and then all of his Krabby Patties, if it's resting all on that, I know you shouldn't have a business rest on a single uh, whale in in this sense of the person who's going to spend the amount of money that, that you want, uh, which is a, is a bit of an undersea little pun there. It's not smart to rest your entire business on a single person like that. So Mr. Krabs just better hope that he can get other people to stay at this hotel, which he actually doesn't have to wait long for. Because it's during this interaction with Patrick and Spongebob that Squidward rightfully hits a point that he's had enough. And quits his job at the Krusty Towers before immediately walking right through that front door and becoming its newest guest. How many times has that happened in life? Where somebody quits like that in such a big way and then immediately turns around and becomes a customer. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure people have quit and then immediately bought something from a, an establishment and who knows how that awkward transaction occurs. But I don't know if this has ever happened where someone quit working at a hotel or a motel and then immediately went and stayed at the same place. I'm sure it has. I've just, I've never heard of it, but what a power move. What a power move on Squidward's part to take the reins of control of this situation in for himself. He was being treated like garbage. 
SpongeBob has abilities on which Squidward is even aware of. And SpongeBob has no problem traversing this place, doing all of the ridiculous requests, because karma comes back to SpongeBob in spades. Squidward, on the other hand, unfortunately, doesn't have the luck department that SpongeBob has access to. And I gotta say, for all of the torture he endured up to this point, this was the twist I was talking about. In a nice little neat way, Mr. Krabs' entire establishment gets turned on its head, as I thought it would. Where if somebody just comes in and you're going to say, our entire business model is literally doing whatever you want, at some point you're going to have a line that you're not going to want that person to cross, or a request that you're not going to be able to fulfill, and if they cause a scene or an issue, you know, that is kind of your own fault. You shouldn't live by a motto and, and promote it out there that you will fulfill any ridiculous request. Now, I'm sure Mr. Krabs is thinking every request is going to come back in a charge, but we don't ever see that. We don't see that payoff. So all of this extra effort, we then see him go through with Squidward. It just feels like, where is this going, sir? I know you're going to make money off of Patrick's orders. I get that. But the extra customer guest effort doesn't feel like a Mr. Krabs thing to do. That overly people-pleasing thing feels like a SpongeBob thing to do. You know, like if he was running a hotel and would want to fulfill everyone's ridiculous request, that would be something that SpongeBob finds himself in and having to juggle all these different requests. He, he has found himself in situations like that before. But Mr. Krabs on this side of the fence just, it, it feels off. Squidward immediately takes full advantage of this motto. And in a disgusting way, we get a return of somewhat of a nasty patty where Squidward orders a Krabby Patty with cheese, toenail clippings, and nose hair. Orders the burger, which Spongebob gets to him in five seconds, and then forces Mr. Krabs to consume this burger, which at one point Mr. Krabs even goes against his own motto of the establishment. <gasps> Spongebob warns Mr. Krabs, though, that that's not actually a Krabby Patty with cheese, toenail clippings, and nose hair, so Mr. Krabs consumes the burger to please Squidward before finding out that there just wasn't cheese on that Krabby Patty, but it still was a Krabby Patty with toenail clippings and nose hair that Squidward had Mr. Krabs consume. His next ridiculous request is for homemade cookies like Mom used to make. And after Mr. Krabs fails at really capturing that, that soul and essence of a cookie that a mom can only achieve, if anyone even tries the same recipe, there's, there's something missing. I can't explain it, but when cooks get to a certain age, there is something signature about the way that they present food and they make it that you can't replicate. Even if you replicate the recipe down to every single mixture and amount, there there is always something extra you can't replicate unless you have been cooking for a certain amount of time. And we get this whole sequence where it appears that Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob are... Also looking back at their nasty patty days a little closely by kidnapping Mrs. Tentacles in the trunk before we get the fake out that it's actually just all of the ingredients that Mrs. Tentacles is going to need to make the proper cookies that her son is going to know and enjoy, which he does. And I think that this is a real W that we have to appreciate for Squidward. As an adult, you're going to not have those cookies and treats that your mom made for you as a kid as much as you used to have. So to be able to sit back, relax, and just get handed homemade cookies that are legitimately homemade by a real mom there, it's it's got to be a nice little W for Squidward. Winning. I am not sure what would be considered a ridiculous request being made in 2022 at a, at a modern hotel or a motel. But for me, it doesn't take much for me to feel at home and comfortable. And honestly, even as a kid, I was just happy to, to walk into one of those rooms to see a Super Nintendo controller attached to the TV. That meant a good hour or two of a fun time. I'm not even sure if that's still a practice. 
for any uh, establishments out there. If there are any hotels or motels that still have game controllers in their rooms, you should let me know. SpongePodPodcast at gmail.com. If you still exist, shout it out at the rooftops. Let it be known. I want to know if you still have Super Nintendo games running in your hotel rooms and your motel rooms. If they still are up and running, I may be by to just pay you a premium fee to play games that I could get running on my phone for free. It's it's the experience I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Squidward's next request for Mr. Krabs is to completely redesign his room from the ground up. With first starting out with a Neptune the 14th design, which gives us confirmation that the John O'Hurley King Neptune that we have seen in the episodes of the show, not the one from the movie, is Neptune the 14th. Give me that! Why, it tastes so good. I think I'd like to try it a second time. From the design of King Neptune the 14th, we also get another underwater greenish-looking design of the room, a backwoods kind of rustic design, a dungeon and then reverting back to the exact same way the room looked in the beginning, which, of course, Squidward says is perfect. It's just another way to dig into Mr. Krabs on how ridiculous this kind of establishment can be. Is Mr. Krabs charging Squidward for every single design change? I I don't think so. It sounds like he's not, which goes against the entire idea of Mr. Krabs opening up a hotel in the first place, in my opinion. But with Squidward's last request, he requires a swimming pool in his room, which leads to another one of my favorite moments of this episode. It's very subtle, but I love that with Squidward getting all of this positivity coming his way, all of these experiences within this hotel, he then lets SpongeBob jump into the swimming pool, lets him revel in all of the fun, and he's laughing alongside him. He's having fun with SpongeBob. He knows that SpongeBob will go to the moon and back for Mr. Krabs and will do absolutely anything that is requested of him to the best of his abilities. And it's just one of those little subtle moments of employee camaraderie that even if you don't necessarily like your coworker, there is a joint bond between coworkers and management unless that coworker of yours is trying to stab you in the back, which can happen. It certainly certainly has happened in history plenty of times, but uh, it's certainly not happening between Squidward and SpongeBob, and I love this little subtle moment between the two of, of enjoyment. You can tell Squidward is legitimately enjoying himself, SpongeBob is having fun, and in comes Patrick. Did somebody say ice cream? Whose cannonball sends the swimming pool down floor by floor? <laughs> taking the entire establishment of the Krusty Krab and destroying floor after floor, following it all the way down to the bottom, destroying the Krusty Towers as we know it. It seems like finally these ongoing requests of the guests at Krusty Towers in and of itself destroyed the Krusty Towers from the inside. You see, Mr. Krabs, you see why not saying no isn't a good thing? No. You may not have a swimming pool inside of your room that is going to destroy my entire establishment. I don't care what the plaque says. I'm not going to destroy my business for you. And therein lies the problem, which Mr. Krabs doesn't even learn because from this destruction, it sends all four of these characters into the hospital, which if we didn't already have a bit earlier in this season that pointed out how ridiculous hospitals can be, here's another one that shows off the billing side of a hospital and how ridiculous some of those charges can be. This is legitimately a comedy scene in every other part of the world where Mr. Krabs is going to be handed an obscenely high bill for someone having to save his life. It's only going to be in America that you're going to find hospitals that charge this arm and a leg for even the most minute amount of care, and God forbid if your life is on the line, you don't even want to have to look at that bill if you don't have insurance. It's 
Certainly a topic when it comes to SpongeBob, anytime they kind of poke fun at the medical industry here, it's a tough topic to kind of cross over with the rest of the world because it's really only a problem here that we have to deal with where even just the smallest ailment to the biggest issue could lead to a massive life-changing bill that you may end up having to spend almost your entire life paying off in some cases if you if you don't have the right insurance. It, it's a tough position to be in, and whereas most people would genuinely freak out at seeing the kind of bill that Mr. Krabs was handed, once he gets over the amount he has to pay, he ends up considering the fact that it's not the hotel business you want to be in, it's the hospital business you want to be in. That's where the real money is to be made. And there, ladies and gentlemen, is the punchline of the episode, capitalism. That's all, folks. That's not really a great way to end on today's episode, but you know what? Here we are. It's not the nicest subject in the world, but I can only hope that with each year I'm on this planet, we can strive to be better. That's all I can ask for. That's all I can hope for is that for any case, for any situation, you have every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year to get better. So there's always tomorrow. I know that might seem a bit optimistic. And in a lot of cases, there are those with too many hands in that cookie jar to expect them to take them out. But let's just strive to a better future. That's all I can say in my position here on the ship. And I got to say, even though I gave it a bit of flack for its direction of Mr. Krabs in this episode, I really felt like his motivation was not justified enough. I know he had a good experience at that hotel, but to run that kind of business the way he was, we didn't get to see that justification. We never got to see the bill he would have handed Patrick or Squidward or even what his intentions were on charging them. You know, the whole point of him getting that bill from the hotel in the in the beginning was the shock of, oh my goodness, look at all these extra charges. And we don't get to see many of those moments where Mr. Krabs is even thinking about charging for any of these extra bits that he's doing. I'm sure he would have at least charged the $80 for the pool access since the pool was built inside of Squidward's room itself. So I'm sure that was probably a locked charge. But as far as the, the other, uh, hoops that he had to jump through, including getting Mrs. Tentacles to come and make some cookies, which, by the way, this is also the first time that we get to see Squidward's mom in person. The only other time that she showed up in the show was as a thought bubble, a figment of his imagination before she showed up in the flesh in this episode to bake those cookies, which, once again, we have no idea how much of that process Mr. Krabs is going to charge onto Squidward. We don't get that resolution and I really feel like that motivation for Mr. Krabs needed to be justified just a little bit more but there's so much to love with this episode and even with just having the core four here it's an enjoyable one if you've never seen Krusty Towers or if you haven't watched it in a long time I, I can only recommend it I recommend you watch it it is certainly worth your time and with that ladies and gentlemen that is going to be it for I'm Ready a SpongePod Squarecast not only for this week, but for this year. On to 2023 and even more exciting things down the road. I hope you are there with me along the way. If you are not already subscribed to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, I implore you to do so. If you're listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell if you'd like to be notified anytime I put something out. And if you are listening to this on your podcasting platform of choice, if you can find yourself a second or two to leave me a review on your podcasting platform, all of that ends up helping the show find an entire new audience. Anytime you interact with the show by liking or subscribing or sharing, all of that stuff ends up helping it out in the long run. So any of those little bits that any of the Ready Crew can do is always appreciated. I don't ask you guys for a dime, and I honestly will never beg for one. Any of that stuff I always put up for purchase is there it doesn't need to be constantly pointed to and shown to. If you would like to truly support Captain Eric, the best ways are to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. You can find me on social media at I'm Ready Podcast on Twitter and at SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. 
If you would like to shill out a few extra clams for Captain Eric in support of what I do, you can follow that Redbubble link in the podcast description below and find a multitude of different products that you can put any of my logos on, hats, shirts, even stickers, and anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. Just your time with me is appreciated. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of my life, which sounds cheesy, but legitimately, even if you are unnamed out there and you check in to my podcasts ever so often, when I see that number grow, when I wake up the next morning after an episode has been uploaded and I see those views or I see those listens, that number means the world to me. So if you're here for the long run, thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. Thank you for being a part of my 2022 and on to the next year. Let's do this thing. Whoa! As always, everybody, please, as I end every podcast I will ever make, stay safe out there, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Oh, that hotel was a bad idea from the start. That was a hotel? Your bill, sir. $15,000! Yeah. You're not gonna have a heart attack, are you? Not at these prices! Forget hotels! This hospital racket is where the money is! This is a hospital? Pack your bags, boys! You're going to medical school! Hooray! Oh, boy. Oh.